Good morning. It's Felicia. I'm back. I'm back, you guys. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not Monday. Monday, we did number four, episode four, uh, Building and Breathing. And um, I did a little bit review on it. It was cut off at the end to begin with because I had I was just getting going and um, I ran out of time. So um, I thought it was a pretty decent introduction into the power that comes when you build and allow God to breathe on your structure, on your dry bones, on your old visions, on your old business, lost ministry opportunities, lost hope when you allow God to breathe on it. I didn't even get to the breathing part. I only was able to touch a little bit about the bones and the structure and the beginning to build process. So um, I thought, you know, it's takeoff Tuesday. I'm not going to halfway do something. It didn't settle with my spirit. I wasn't at peace. Um, someone um, did call me and say, you were just getting to the good part and it cut out. <laughs> And I said, I know, so I'm going to redo it, guys. Okay, this time I'm, I'm learning my lesson. Please forgive me and don't um, don't judge me for, for being um, a novice at the podcast. Uh, I do love to speak. I love to communicate. But um, I'm not good with timing, you know, timing the cutoff and, and everything like that. So I apologize. I'm going to take my time. But what I'm not going to do is... Um, waste a lot of time talking about, you know, the recap. So if you haven't caught up by now, we've been talking about vision. This is the Dimensions of Greatness podcast. We talk about the dimensions, meaning the different, um, I don't want to, the, the different spaces, the different realms in God that cause a person to access greatness to arrive at a place of greatness because greatness is a place. So that's all we're talking about. The dimensions word, it's not as complicated as it sounds or seems, but it is very in-depth. So we do break down things that you may not hear at a normal church. You may not hear um, day to day. You may not ever hear anything that I say um, pretty much anywhere because the way that the Lord gives me, it's not that it's a different word. We're all reading the same Bible, but the, the way and the method that he uses me to release the word, especially for this season, is in a, a way of um, apostolic building, strategic building, and revelatory anointing. So um, we're going to get into some revelations I did not get to talk about. I was just getting into uh, Peter saying that he was going to build uh, three temples, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elias or Elijah. And um, it was just getting hot and, and, and stirred up. So previously, week one, week two, week three, we were talking about vision, how getting to greatness first begins with a vision. Um, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. 20 years ago, I mean, I was a teenager on fire for the Lord, maybe 21 years old or something like, I don't know, I'm not that old. So maybe 15 years ago when I was like 20, that was my favorite scripture. Yea, the deep things of God, the spirit searcheth all things. So sometimes we can't see with the naked eye what God is doing, but there is a, search, a such thing as spiritual insight. There is a such thing as the, the seer anointing or being led by the word of God, hearing the word of God, and then 
acting upon it, which causes the vision. The, the vision causes the manifestation of the word. The dream causes the fulfillment of the word. The vision causes the manifestation of the word. The dream causes the fulfillment. So if you see something God is saying, if God shows you a dream, it will come to pass. If you have a vision, you have to cause it to manifest. So manifestation and fulfillment are two different things. Manifestation is sight. You're causing it to be born. You're causing it to be birth. But fulfilling is the completion of that vision. You can have a vision that is not fulfilled. But if you have a dream, that dream is going to certainly come to pass. And there are a few times in the Bible where... Um, you know, like um, the word came to the mother of Samson and Samson was supposed to do X, Y, and Z. He began to manifest his strength. He began to manifest the anointing on his life, but he didn't complete it. So the dream, the, the, the scope of things, the big picture, what was supposed to be fulfilled in Samson's life came to a halt because of certain mistakes that he made. So we're not talking about how you can block a, a blessing or, or have a spiritual blockage where the dream or vision isn't fulfilled. We're not dealing with that right now. Right now we're talking about building the vision, making sure that the piece comes together brick upon brick and uh, line upon line and precept upon precept that you can get to a place of greatness in your life. So we discussed how identity is important, how the governing word over your life at that particular season is important. And then we began to talk about the big picture. Now, we did a lot of talk previously, not yesterday, but last week about Elijah, how Elijah had the impartation calling on his life. People just say that he was a prophet. He was a prophet in office. See, there's an office that you sit in. There's an office that you reside in. There's an office that you abide in. There's an office that you live in. That is your calling. And then there's an administration of that office that that, that um, declares how you will fulfill that office. Some people may sit in an office of an apostle, but they will fulfill it through writing a book. They may not be in churches preaching. They may be writers. I know apostolic writers that have number one bestsellers, but you'll never see them speaking. I don't know why. That's just the way that, that their ministry operates. Or you'll see people, CEOs of businesses. They have apostolic anointings and graces on their life, but they only flow through their business. They might be publish um, Christian products. They might, you know, they're touching millions of people all over the world, but they act in the office of a chief executive officer. They are not in the church building. So we have to understand in this season that God is moving um, in a different way, in a peculiar way. He's moving in an unorthodox way. So we need to understand and, and get on beat and get on path and get on course with what God is doing. So Elijah sat in the office of a prophet, but he released his powers, his anointing, his glory through impartation. Through impartation, meaning the way that I am blessing the world, it's going to be through impartation. Rain coming, that's an impartation. That's a, 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 a release, a releasing anointing. I'm always releasing glories. I'm always releasing graces. I release my mantle. I saw fire come down from heaven when I prayed on the altar that the water would be dried up. So he was always releasing. I'm releasing, I'm releasing. Now, all of us are called to do that, but that was his realm of fulfillment. So some of us may not operate in that uh, depth of that glory, but we all through the power of the Holy Spirit are called to release something back into the realm of the earth. So now we're talking about Ezekiel. So Ezekiel, so you had one who had an outpour, outpour, 
um, Elijah has the outpour, the impartation, the releasing mantle on his life. I'm releasing glories and the word of God consistently back to back to back. You see it all the time in the life of Elijah. Then you have Ezekiel. So one has the anointing to go down. One has the anointing to bring up. So Eli, Ezekiel has the anointing to bring up. I'm bringing up. I'm causing the dry bones, thousands of bones. I see them in a vision. I see them. I see them in the spirit. God has taken me up by the spirit and he's placed me in this place. So God will take us up in the spirit. We have the spirit of God. We're being led by the spirit of God and he will set us in a place. He'll set us in a place to get us to understand where we are, and what the potential is. He says uh, that um, he his thoughts for us are peace and not of evil to give us an expected end. So all fulfillment is, is the um, expected end. So I have a vision sketch product, product that talks about um, drawing out, if you will, uh, the vision God has for your life. Then I have a product after that, that's phase two. And then I have phase three, that's more of a building product, a building anointing to build that vision. Then I have um, number four, which is called the fulfillment formula. That's all about the expected end. There's an expected end for everyone. Jesus, uh, God refers to himself many times as alpha and omega, beginning and end. So he always deals with the end from the beginning, always. So we may not see it, but we that's what, why vision is so important. So Ezekiel now has the ability through prophecy, through his office. Now he was a priest at first, so but then God came and elevated him. And I never hear people talk about how Ezekiel was a priest. He's dealing in the ministry of, of ministering the will and the word amongst God's people. He's a minister. In, in, a, in a priesthood way, in a priestly way. But the ministering in a prophetic way is will give you the ability to shift, move, build, uproot, pluck down, pull out, like he told Jeremiah. And so now God is telling him off the bat, I need you to tell these dry bones to come up. So while Elijah is telling things to come down, Ezekiel is telling things to come up. So he's building. So you can build by an outpour of the anointing. You can build by an upbuilding, an upward mobility of the anointing. So after you find out where you are, then you can tap in and get the fulfillment that you need and have the dream come to pass and let it come to pass in the name of Jesus, fulfilling all things in the name of Jesus. And so Ezekiel is in the midst of the bones. And he said in Ezekiel 37, I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet in exceeding great army. So there's two glories of impartation that God will release when building himself in your life through a vision. There's two glories. He's first going to show you where you are and he's going to show you the potential. He's going to ask you, is this possible? So we both know that it was not possible. Because he asked him, he asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And he said, only you know. So it really wasn't possible in the, in the mind of Ezekiel. That's why he asked him. So he gave him a faith through prophecy. He gave him a, a spirit of faith through prophecy to speak. Once you speak, you're able to command. Once you speak, you're able to command. I command as he commanded me, so I prophesied. So as you're commanded, you prophesy and breath came into them. Now, the breath didn't come right away. You, you see how I just said the end from the beginning. Now we know that the, the breath coming in was the second phase. 
So the first phase was the building, the bone coming together, the sinew coming upon the bone, the flesh coming upon the sinew, and then the skin coming. So those are four glories of building. Bone, which is the foundational principles to be great, to be powerful, numerous, increase. That's what the structures are for. The foundation is laid. You're going to be great. You're going to have the hope back. You're going to receive all these things that God begins to uh, tell Ezekiel at the end of chapter 37. This is the whole house of Israel. They're entitled to this. They're entitled to that. They lost all hope. Their bones dried up, but they're going to get X, Y, and Z, all the goodness, all the fatness, all the riches and wealth that I intend to release to them after they stand up an exceeding great army. See, the, the building part is to make you strong, to make you not a great army, an exceeding great army. And so there's a difference between being good, being great, and exceedingly great. So in order, so like I said yesterday, there are people that try to attain greatness without God, and they are great in their own right. Bill Gates is great in his own right. Oprah Winfrey is great in her own right, but there's an exceeding greatness when you put the spirit on it. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? When you breathe the life on it. See, there's a worldly great and there's an, a spiritual great. And so the dimensions of greatness is all about tapping into the greatness of God, the spiritual glories and realms of greatness that come through God. So you have four major dimensions when building a vision. You have the bone. This is the foundation. This is the structure. You can't even move your pinky toe without the bone. So the bone is very important to God. It's the first thing that he creates when he decides how tall you're going to be, how far you're going to go in the spirit. Felicia, your ministry is going to go, go this far. Your business is going to go this far. He sets up a blueprint. So the bones are the blueprint of your success. Okay. And it's also very important. Like I had to do lots of study when creating vision sketch. We ask the person when we do their analysis, their greatness analysis, it's actually called the greatness analysis. You really need to get one. They're absolutely great, especially going into the new year. You'll have the blueprint that you need to, to succeed. But the first thing I ask them, do you want a one to two year vision sketch? Do you want a two to three year vision sketch? Or do you want a one to five year vision sketch? So some people say, I want to know what's going to happen in my business, in my ministry for a one to five year period. Now, those are the smart people to me. Some people have a plan where in two years they're going to retire and get another lump sum of money to escalate their business. But right now they want to know how to maneuver while they don't have any income, while they don't have a savings account, while they don't have this and that. And so we help them to maneuver through that method. So the structure of your foundation is important for site, for building, for growth, for scaling, for expansion. Then you have the sinews, the tendons, the flexibility, the functionality. So um, it's just like, I have one daughter. She's an extremely talented athlete. I mean, when she was little, she said she wanted to be the first women, woman athlete, African-American to go to the Olympics in three sports. Now, had the vision been laid and the foundation been laid, she could have very well done that. I've never seen a little girl like her. She's not a little girl anymore. She'll be 21 on New Year's. She's uh, 20 years old and um, she's a blessing. She's gifted. God gave her that vision to be an extraordinary athlete, but he gave her other gifts as well. So there are no other gifts as she's getting older that are coming out, you know, musically and her ability to write. And she's actually writing a children's book right 
right now, but God is unfolding the vision little by little, but the structure of her success, the thing that got her the full ride scholarship, the thing that established her foundation and her success were athletics. So we all, everyone could see that that vision was plain. A blind person could see she's a gifted athlete. So that was her foundation of success, but now she's branching off into this, branching off into that. But as far as the sinews are concerned, the tendons, the flexibility, the functionality, she was flexible. They put her in the 800, they put her in the 400. And I don't mean physically flexible. She was flexible in, in her learning in her learning and her coaching, they would say, well, Ty, we need you over here to, to, to get these points. And she would go over here and she would say, I'll try new things. And the more things that she tried, thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, the more things that you try, the more you expand the vision, the more you expand your abilities, the more that you have the, the gumption to get up and go and pursue new things. You're not stuck in one realm. So you're flexible, like your tendons, your joints, they cause you to move, they cause the mobility. The muscle causes the strength, the flesh, the muscle, the fat. They give you the strength. They give you the operational. If you take out the function of the heart, you can't live. If you take out certain functions of the organs, you're, you're in deep trouble, even though you have bones, even though you have tendons. Those organs are, those muscles and those organs are very important. You have to have them to breathe. So God then gave the flesh. So the flesh is the heart. The flesh is the brain. The flesh is the, the living monuments in your spiritual vision that cause it to live and, and, and breathe and, and be, and come to life. You have to have a pulse. Your business has to have a, a pulse. Your ministry has to have a pulse. Boom, 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 boom. Our pulse is healing over here. Our pulse is uh, causing people to get out of debt. We, we work with credit. Our pulse is helping people purchase houses. We have a, a an anointing for real estate and land and agriculture and animals and farms and cows and horses. So you need to know what your pulse is, boom, 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 so that it can continually beat on schedule. Then last but not least, the fourth dimension is the skin, the identity, the radiance, the illumination, the transfiguration, the beauty. Now, now we're gonna get into um, what I where I left off yesterday with Peter. So the skin is very important. The skin is your identity. It's the last but certainly not least. It makes you who you are. Every, the fingerprint no two people ever made from now to the beginning of the time till end of time have two of the same fingerprints. So the fingerprints are part of the skin. So God is saying that your identity is so important that no one will even have the same fingerprint as you. No one will ever look exactly like you. There's only one you. So even though you have a structure of bones, someone else might have those same structure of bones, but a little bit different. And someone have a, might have the same flexibility and functionality, but a little bit different. Someone might have the same flesh. You got a heart, they got a heart. You got a brain, they have a brain. You have kidneys, they have kidneys, but a little bit different. But that skin, the identity, no one has that. So God puts it on last because once he makes your ministry strong, your business strong, your business flexible, your business is breathing, your business is thinking, the brain is functioning properly, uh, the liver is functioning properly, everything is functioning properly. Now he gives you your identity. He says to go forward and declare the word of the Lord. So he's telling Ezekiel to command these bones to live according to this dynamic, according to this structure. They cannot deter from what I'm telling you. The number four means to build. So and first Peter chapter two, verse four, surprisingly how four means to build. It says to whom coming as unto a living stone 
He's talking about the lively stones. He says, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice, sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So he's saying, and then he goes down to say that you are a holy generation, uh, um, a royal priesthood, and he's giving them all of the entitlement that they have, just like God gave to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37. He tells them that they have the anointing of Judah, to praise. We're going to give them that anointing. We're going to give them that anointing to build after they come to life and stand an exceeding great army. And then the breath comes into them. Then they're going to stand an exceeding army and they're going to reap the anointing of praise through Judah. He told them to get two sticks, one right Judah, one right Joseph. That means God is taking the number two, which means impartation. And he's imparting, like I just spoke before, there's an office to impart through prophetic anointing, through a prophetic office, you can impart. So he's telling Ezekiel now get two sticks, make them into one, one for Judah, one for Joseph. This is after the bones are now living. They're alive. Now you're alive. Now you understand the vision. Now you're seeing your heart is pumping. Your brain is functioning, your liver, your kidney, the bones are strong. The muscles are strong. You're very strong. And now you can see you're alert. The breath comes into you. How many breaths? Four breaths, the number of building. He said, call on the four winds, call on the four winds. Four breaths, four, build, four, build, four, breathe, four, breathe, four, breathe, four, breathe, four, build. Four, four, four. So God is saying, I'm not only giving you four structures of operation, bones, sinews, flesh, and skin, but I'm giving you four winds, four breaths to sustain that structure. One of the breaths is gonna be life. One of the breaths is gonna be fire. So once you get the Holy Ghost, you just have the life of Christ living in the spirit. But the Holy Ghost is not the fire. You got to have the fire on top of the Holy Ghost. Then after that, he gives you the ability to tap into spiritual things. He talks about praise. He talks about Joseph, the governing anointing to set up structure. Now I have this exceeding great army. Now I have this exceeding great business. Now I have this exceeding great ministry. I have this exceeding great prayer life. I have this exceeding great healing ministry. I have this exceeding great gift of tongues. I have this exceeding great pastoral anointing, evangelism anointing. Now what do I do? I'm standing up strong, Lord. I'm an exceeding great army. Now the Lord says, you build. Now that you're built spiritually, now you build yourself up unto greatness. See, there's levels to everything in God. You have to understand the blueprint. Luke 9, 28 says, and it came to pass about eight days after these things. See, yesterday I talked about the number eight, how the, the word behold in chapter 37 was mentioned seven times, meaning he's completing his vision. He's fulfilling and perfecting vision. If you say behold seven times, that means seven times that the anointing and the unction to see fell on you. Behold seven times in one chapter. Behold means a surprising sight, a surprising revelation, a surprising view. He said, behold seven times, but eight times he said bone. Eight times in the chapter 37, he said bones. So he's saying that this building is not only to, to stand up an exceeding great army, but it's also for newness. There's a new breath, a new wind, a new anointing, a new calling, a new understanding, because we're doing something new. Ezekiel is all about a dispensation. Elijah is an impartation. 
Ezekiel is a dispensation because God comes and tells him, this is the whole house of Israel, the whole house, meaning the whole everyone coming into this promise, coming into this fold can tap into this glory. A dispensation is something that everybody is entitled to at a particular giving time. So he's telling them that the king is going to come. And if you read Ezekiel 37 very closely, he tells them that their David will be king. Then he tells them in the next chapter, but their prince will be David. I'm sorry. He's, he tells him that their king will be David. And then he tells him uh, later on down that their prince will be David. So David goes from being king to being prince. That means the dispensation changed, the time changed. Now Jesus is king. But he's telling it to Ezekiel thousands of years in advance. So that prophetic anointing, the vision was so far that he saw so far into the future. It's just a very powerful thing. Luke 9, 28 says, and it came to pass eight days after these sayings. So eight days later, signifying a new dispensation, a new anointing, a newness. He took Peter and John and James and went up to a mountain to pray. Peter, John and James, three. That means I'm establishing a new truth. I'm establishing a new power. When you take the number three, it means to establish. Two, impartation, three, establish, four, build, five, grace. Okay. Always remember that because that's how you'll get more revelations of what God is doing in your life. So 928, they went up into a mountain to pray. 29, as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. His raiment was white and glistening. So now the fashion of his face is changing. Some people call it transfiguration. Some people say his face lit up. There's so many different, um, there's so many different interpretations of this particular passage, but it's all in greatness, all in power, all in glory. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease when he should accomplish what he should accomplish at Jerusalem. How are Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus about his death? I didn't know until yesterday they were talking about his death. They were talking about, you know, you're about to die. Yeah, I'm about to die. Okay, Moses. So Jesus, when you die, all of my anointing of deliverance is going to you in your hand. Elijah said, okay, Jesus. So when you die, all of my anointing of impartation is going to you. So they took an impartation anointing. They took a deliverance anointing and they wrapped it up into Jesus. And, um, and watch this. This is going to be great. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they awoke, the vision woke them up. The vision will wake you up. They saw his glory. The vision will wake you up to glory. And the two men impartation that stood with him, Moses and Elijah, deliverance and impartation glories are standing there in the vision. So not only was it for Jesus and his decease to release a deliverance and impartation anointing, it's also for John, James, and Peter to release a deliverance and an impartation anointing. Because if you see the vision, that impartation is for you. It's up for grabs. It's for you. It's for you. If you can see it, you can build it. But Peter and that they were with him were heavy asleep and they saw his glory in the two men. And it came to pass as they departed. So now Peter thinks that they're leaving. Peter thinks the anointing is leaving. And he says, Jesus, master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, three meaning to establish. He's saying, I want to establish the glory of Jesus. I want to establish the glory of Moses. I want to establish the glory of Elijah. And I want to keep it here. We need to build let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said, what he means by that, not knowing what he said, not knowing that because you just saw Moses and Elijah, that anointing is already built in you. You don't have to build anything 
with your hands. The anointing was released when you laid eyes on it. The anointing was released when Jesus brought you here. The anointing was new when he said eight days later, now the newness is shifting. You're gonna see something new, bam, now you have Jesus, the anointed one. Now you have Moses, the man of deliverance and greatness. You have Elijah, the man that was caught up into heaven by the chariot of fire and made rain come down after a three-year drought. You're getting all of that in one. It's being built in you, Peter. While Peter spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them and they feared as they entered into the cloud. Now they entered into the cloud because Elijah established that cloud anointing. Remember I told you Elijah established anointing of impartation. The cloud signifies rain. The cloud represents a provision. The cloud represents impartation. There came a loud voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone and they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. Now, another passage said they were told not to tell anyone, that Jesus told them, don't tell anyone. Jesus told them, don't tell anyone, because until I die, this anointing is just for us. This anointing is just for us. Six people that were up here, six is the number of man. So the man cannot, a normal, ordinary man that is not part of this method right here of, of structure, they cannot receive this anointing yet until I die, go into the uh, earth, be exalted, be ascended into heavenly places, and then that anointing will be released, Peter, and then you can establish deliverance, you can establish um, the glory and impartation of Elijah. You don't have to build three houses because the anointing is built in you. So that anointing 2000 years after e Ezekiel saw it in the Valley of Bones is the same anointing. But now God is saying, I'm gonna merge the two. Like he said, put two sticks together and make them one. I'm gonna merge the two. So now you have that old school glory of commanding the dry bones to live through a prophetic office. Everybody can have that. Jesus brought that into the New Testament through his spirit. Now you can usher in a movement of greatness if you can see the vision, the importance and the significance of what God is doing. So ladies and gentlemen, I have so much more to add to that. I'm glad I was able to clear up a little bit of yesterday's confusion because it was a little bit um, touch, touch and feel here and there. So um, I hope that you were blessed and I'm glad that I cut it off in time and I wasn't interrupted like I was yesterday. Come next Monday, like I said, send me an email. You can send it to admin at dallasboss.com if you want to get more information about...